you have a VA loan, you have a tool that most of the population doesn't have, mm-hmm. and you need to like get dialed in with that tool and work with the best possible lenders mm-hmm. and realtors to really maximize that. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right. I just want to thank Andrew Greer for being here, uh, being our guest today. Andrew's the CEO of Thomas Strafford Investments. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. And uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet Andrew through some uh, other connections, probably only like a month ago, maybe month, six weeks ago, something like that. And just doing some really um, innovative and creative and some cool stuff in the real estate side here in San Diego now. So first of all, like, yeah, that was pretty cool just to see some of the stuff you're, you're doing. But uh, thanks for coming on today and, and talking to people about some of this stuff. And to kick it off, I just want to ask you up front to give us a little bit of background about yourself, your time in real estate or what brought you to it. And uh, yeah, from the, what brought you to San Diego? Perfect. Yeah. No, I've uh, been in real estate now for just over nine years. I've been in investing, which we'll kind of go into just uh-huh. over about 12 years now. And um, that's really what brought me to real estate mm-hmm. was investing in property and uh, investing. I started in the market and I started in private placements and then moved myself over to real estate. Right. So I've been doing that now for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, came to San Diego because I wanted to get closer to the beach and surf. So right. I was a surfer and a bartender for a while. Um, I owned my first three houses while I was bartending. Right. Good money, man. Yeah. And I I actually didn't put any of my own money into any of those three houses either. Okay. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about that for sure. Yeah. So so I did that up front and then just continued on and I've moved into development, building multifamily. Mm -hmm. I've done some subdivisions. I've done a lot of stuff that, uh, quite frankly, I'm a very normal average guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just taking those steps and going in that right direction. I was able to get myself into a bunch of different deals. Right. Is it, you think it was a lot of that's curiosity? Like you had that enough curiosity and enough, like, I don't know, I balls to say, Hey, I can do that or give it a shot. Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing is the curiosity. And then what really separates people is actually jumping in and just doing it. Yeah. Taking the risk, mm-hmm. um, the right risk. Right. And really, you know, just saying, you know what, like I, I can do this. I'm not going to let my fear stop me. Right. Um, and then obviously you have to be smart about it. Right. But yeah, yeah no, we, uh, we jumped both feet in. We, we did our first development because we bought a property to build two homes and the lot was five feet too narrow. So I negotiated from the seller because they uh-huh. sold us it. They owned a property next door uh, that was much bigger. Right. And I negotiated to buy that house from them. And I then was forced to do a subdivision. Right. But that was just kind of, you know, it snowballed from there. I wasn't going to, yeah, I wasn't going to let that Mm -hmm. situation, you know, buying that house by itself just to build one wasn't going to work for us. So we went back and negotiated and bought a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And and I think that's a, that's an awesome mindset because sometimes people get spooked with like, well, I've got this much into this crap, I don't want to go deeper when sometimes the answer is, yeah, go deeper, make it your own. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you did just, you just like you've rolled it into something even bigger. 
Um, and I, I, when you're saying the take action part, I think that's a, a huge piece too. And I know we talked to a lot of people with that where they're just like, oh, well, maybe the prices will go down in six months. Maybe the rates will go down, maybe this or that. And um, it's like, I've never once in my past, like I think I bought my first house at 22 or 23 and never once have I thought, shit, I wish I'd waited a little bit longer to buy something. You know what I mean? There's like never that it's not hindsight. So you're not looking back and picking at the very top of anything, the market or the very you know bottom of the market. So just taking that leap to, to like you said, to educate yourself, make the best decision you can at time and just get in and get involved and start making the money, you know? Yeah. You can't start learning from experience right. until you give yourself the opportunity to have the experience. So, I mean, there's deals I look back at and I'm like, gosh, we could have done so much better on that. Right. If we had done this, this, and this, mm -hmm. but then I look at what we're in at the time and I'm like, but we're doing better in these yeah. because we did this, this, and this, and actually know what to do now. Right. And then same thing like market timing. I mean, right now, a lot of people were in the middle of uh, COVID-19 stuff yeah. right now. And a lot of people thought it was going to go down dramatically. And all it's done is go up dramatically. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy busy right now. Mm -hmm. Crazy busy. And I, I was talking to a few friends of mine. They do about 35 flips a month. Right. And they didn't buy for two months. And oh. uh, we were chatting. I actually took them to that site that me and you walked, right. the Templex. Right. And we were chatting and they're like, yeah, we left about a million dollars on the table by not buying because we could have sold all of it right now. And, right. you know, they they're really smart guys, but they even, they even recognize that and they've recognized it quicker than other guys. Cause I right. know there's still a lot of other guys that are sitting on the sidelines and, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have a crystal ball, but I think a lot of people are going to do okay with property right now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope so because, you know, as you know, I'm closing on mine in like a week or so too. So I was in escrow pretty much the whole COVID thing, like at the beginning I bought and, um, or, contracted and kind of the thought was, well, shoot, like we preach this, I'm going to have to practice it too. So like, let's just ride it out. And as you said, it's been phenomenal. Like stuff's going crazy again, you know? Yeah. And, it, and I don't think it was the economy thing that hit it or uh, hit the slowdown as much as it was people were just locked down. They couldn't go look at houses because as soon as it started opening up, man, people are like, cool. They're the, now your phone's ringing and like, Hey, I want to go see some shit this weekend. You're like, okay. Yeah. And cool. it's, and it's harder to see and people yeah. are still going through with all the steps. Yeah. That's the one thing that really blows me away is it's, mm -hmm. There, there is a lot more steps. I mean, really two, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but there used to be none, you know, you right. call showing time or it's vacant, go on lockbox. Right. And you could just go show people houses. Now you got to, you know, get the prequal set up. You yeah. got to get the PAD out and you got to go through whatever, all that. Whatever the latest version. Yeah. Of the yeah. PAD we're on is. like version four right yeah, now. That's crazy. PDV, PDA. <laughs> like, I'm like, what are all of these? Right. But getting through that and still going, opening doors looking at houses and writing good offers. Right. I mean, uh, property over by you sat on the market for about 30 days. Uh -huh. And then uh, two weeks ago, I got three offers in one day as soon as everyone came and looked at it. Right. And we went 10,000 over list. Right. And it, it's just like, it was like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's really been a dynamic shift. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's kind of, kind of cool to be part. I mean, yeah, everything's scary. You don't want to see stuff like this happen, but it's, but it's, uh, I, again, that's an experience, yeah. you know, good or bad. It's an experience. And like you said, that's what you learn from when I decided to come into this thing as a business. Cause I was the same, I was coming in and I got my license just to 
do investments for myself. Nothing crazy. I wasn't trying to flip a bunch of stuff. I was just getting more investment. And um, when I decided to turn into the business, my first goal was like, I want to make five years of mistakes in two years. And some people like, which, oh, that, you know, because how people are uh, nowadays with business stuff, like, oh, mindset, mindset, that's a negative mindset, you know, you're, you're whatever. And I was like, no, it's, that's not how I see that. I see that as like, I'm going to put five years of work into those two years. And, and I want five years of experience from those two years, you know, because you learn from the mistakes oh, yeah. so much. I, to me personally, more so than the victories. You know, because sometimes you're like, I'm not really sure how I got to that. Like, you know, I took action and it worked. I don't really know how it worked, to be totally honest. You take so little from a victory Mm -hmm. and it doesn't elevate your game in any way. All of my victories never turn into good stories that turn into a conversation that turns into something else. Right. All the problems, all the mistakes, all the crazy stuff that like, I remember being awake for months and terrified on what was going to happen and just working through it. Those turn into the stories. Those turn into the, hey, you know what? I got you on this because of this. Yeah. And it's like, wait, tell me that story. Right. What? Oh, how'd you handle that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why we're not even going to worry about this with you. Right. Because we know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you have those hardships, you're going, "Uh, how do I not? You take the time to go, how do I not make that happen again? How mm-hmm. do I keep out of this situation? But since we're talking about bad situations, why don't you give us an example of maybe one of your worst yeah. experiences? I, I didn't tell you this beforehand because right. I told you I wanted to just tell you when we were doing this. So this is crazy. I bought a house in Oceanside uh-huh. and um, I permitted it out to add 800 square feet to it. Okay. Really cool house. And um, I had in-house a GC team. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd hired a GC. He's on payroll. That's very important because that means it's my responsibility. Um, (laughs) Gotcha. So I gave him the demo plan for the house and they're set up. They're going to go demo. They're tearing the entire interior out, supporting the house. And then we're going to do some reframing and then start building out. I pull up to the house and it's gone. (laughs) The house is gone. The house (laughs) is gone except for the front door Uh and the side wood that holds that framing. That's it. The entire house is gone. And I have the picture (laughs) from me pulling up in my truck and looking at the house. And it's still like I'm getting goosebumps right now. Because I was sitting there, I bought this house, I believe for $670,000. Right. And I had nothing. I had got a front door, man. I had, come on, look at the positive. The front door was in terrible shape. (laughs) Shit. So I I still remember just the sheer and utter tear that I had inside when I pulled up and I had no house left. Right. And, um, that house actually we ended up working through it had more problems i had my first real contractor problem on that house got through it but we we got out of it Mm -hmm. lost a little bit of money that's one of the ones we lost a little bit of money on right but we got through it and i learned a ton on it and actually those clients that bought that house are some of my closest friends right so we became really cool like they learned the whole story of it because i had to go through like a whole i had a mechanics lean on it from Mm -hmm. the contractor and I had to give him the whole story and the guy ended up being a, uh, the builder from Riverside that came out here 
And he just, he was like, holy cow, what happened? <laughs> right. We walked through it and it was, but yeah, no. So my biggest, uh, like issue mistake that we worked through was somebody tore down my entire house. <laughs> Dude, what, like, how did that even happen? It's a series of unfortunate events. It was, uh, <laughs> the demo plan was like very clearly set up. Yeah. And I had gone over it with our GC. One thing I learned is I had him on too many projects. Mm -hmm. He subbed this out. So he had too much free reign. Mm -hmm. So I, I was growing too fast with not enough controls. Right. And they opened it up. There was a structural issue. Well, I, I actually don't know. They took a right. picture of it and it looks like there was a structural issue where they had to take it down. But I also didn't have the team there to say no don't you don't make that decision right let us make that decision right and then because i would have i would have spent you know the 1500 bucks to have my structural engineer come out, check out. and he could have probably written up a plan that fixed it for five thousand dollars right instead, instead of, of one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> so we learned a lot from that in that's also why we've completely separated. We got church and state now between us and our GC teams. Uh, we pay a little bit more for that, but it also means that we don't pay right. for those mistakes. For screw ups, yeah. So at uh, <laughs> people, are, you know, they'll they'll beat me up over a couple percent on mm -hmm. a contract, and I'm like, worth yeah, it. I still haven't even gotten back to the percent I spent already. So yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. That's like. I don't know, cutting off a whole leg to get a mole off. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, that was, that was the, uh, that was the, uh, prescribed treatment from our team. Oh, oh my God, dude, that is, that's insane. But that is a good story because uh, yeah. you do learn from it and, and I get to laugh at you a little bit. So that's all good. Yeah, I'll give you plenty of reasons to laugh at me over. When I show you the photo, you'll, you'll be like, what? I know. I, I definitely <laughs> want to see that. I definitely want to say, I wish you had a photo of your face pulling up to oh. the site going like, wait, where's, where's my house, dude? Yeah. That, that's, that's insane. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that I, whatever my sweat or like energy I emitted from that mm -hmm. probably could have like attracted like predators right? because there was so <laughs> much fear. fear in it. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I could have used do? it to go hunting, mm -hmm. like right? just put this out in the woods and wait. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Hey, but you spun it around, you know, yeah, sometimes uh, that fear and stuff, you, you can get pretty freaking creative when you're scared to death. Right. Like, oh yeah. You're like, Oh shit. Back against the wall is something. a great place. Sometimes it is it's not fun, but it's, it's not fun, but I think we need it occasionally. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe, I, not as often as it ends up happening, yeah. but, but it would be, uh, but I think it does. It, it really kind of forces that growth and stuff for sure. And your, your background, like, uh, in school and so your background was like finance, right? Like, yeah. so yes, yeah, so you came from literally that full finance and like investing side, traditional type into the real estate and then just grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in private placements, so mm -hmm. non-public investments, mm -hmm. uh, so private sector investments, not exchange right so raising money for individuals mm -hmm. um maybe they're raising 25 50 100 million dollars right and our brokerage would take a piece of that and then go out and raise the money gotcha really valuable i was gonna say to learn yeah it's a, it was incredibly valuable totally different world mm -hmm. i just disliked it because when everything went crazy in the collapse, because right. I was in that business right when that happened. Right, right. <laughs> there was nothing tangible left. Right. It was all ideas. It was really just ideas. Is what, yeah. it, what, it, what I saw as a real thing was truthfully just ideas. Right. And when it disappeared, like 
there was nothing left to grab. Yeah. Real estate to me, like when you can go up and kick it and knock yeah. on the door and it's there, even if everything disappears, if you own the asset, you could have lost that money, but you still have the asset to right. try and produce some money and work through and all that. Right. Yeah, that to me is very powerful. Yeah. That, no, I think so too. That's huge. I had a, a hard time, um, younger, even comprehending some of the stuff, a certain investments, even like stocks or, or, or options even. And it's like, to me, I'm going, wait a minute. So I can purchase basically the opportunity to purchase a hundred shares of something and then sell that opportunity at a profit or a lot. You know what I mean? Like to me, I'm going, but there's nothing. And the thing that was tough for me was there's nothing really there. Yeah. Do you know, it's, it's just a lot of speculation of, Hey, cool. Uh, it was fun. Yeah. Like I played with it, but just like I like play at a blackjack table is for me because I wasn't that educated at it, but I just, it was hard to really comprehend the almost why that that's even a thing, you know what I mean? But people find a way to monetize anything. But like you said, for real estate, like, even if stuff drops, okay, maybe you don't get exactly what you were getting, but you're still got something. You can still make something out of it. You can still collect rent. You can still, there's so many options. So I think, I think I fell in real estate from the simplicity standpoint of like, I didn't understand other shit. So, so, Hey, this seemed like a, you know, a good play, especially when you don't have time to really, uh, or maybe I, I should say you're not taking the time to like really dive into the other things, but it, it just, you know, it's, it's something that everyone can do as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Can you go back to what you mentioned about your uh, properties that you put nothing, your first houses when you're a okay. bartender and that mm -hmm. you put nothing into of your own money? Like definitely want to hear that one. Yeah. So my very first property, I was a bartender. Where were you bartender? Like, I know P.F. Chang's in La Jolla. Okay. So. <laughs> I was going to say, people are going to want to know that people are yeah. like, hey, why don't we see bartender? Yeah. The P.F. Chang's in La Jolla, actually a really great spot to bartend. I bet. And so I was partnered with a guy at the time mm -hmm. and we would just go to my house every morning and we'd prospect, we'd cold call. And then we'd go out and go to like every like vacant house that was being shown for cash offers. Mm -hmm. But we'd show up, there'd be 50 other investors there. Right. And truthfully at the time, like he was like, yeah, yeah. If we find a good deal, like I can get the money. Right. Like, okay, cool. Like I'll, I'll go for this. Yeah. So I'd been in the stock market investor, mm -hmm. stop that, went to college did like finish school and then I was bartending. So that explains that gap in time right. there. So I was like school, this bartending at night, right? Doing that. And one thing led to another, we'd give five cards to five people every day. I gave a card to a guy at seven 11 and that guy at seven 11, four months later called me back, said, Hey, I want to sell. And he'd been in San Diego, but he owned a house in La Puente. Okay. So I was like, cool. Let me come out and see it. So I drove up to La Puente, crack slab, tiny little house, go back and forth with him. I offered him $70,000. He counted it 110. We decided to go at 90,000. These are all crazy numbers thinking yeah. about today. 90,000 on the property. I'm like, all right, I don't even know like what contract to use. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll send you a contract. I didn't even know what DocuSign was yet. Right. Like it was crazy. Right. So <laughs> Go home. I'm like searching the web, like real estate contract. <laughs> I call a realtor that had been saying this stuff. I'm like, can you send me a blank contract? Right. She's like, oh, I really can't do that. I was like, can you just send me one? <laughs> Please. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll send you one. So I sent it over to him for 90,000. He like stonewalls me for two days, comes back. He's like, I'm only going to sell it for 130 now. 
Oh shit. And I'm like, okay, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, I'm coming up there. I'll offer you 115, but you have to sign when I get there. He's like, I'll do that. So I drive up there and um, get it signed, come back. Uh, escrow officer taking me to lunch to get tacos because they knew I was going to be investing. So I drive straight to his office. I'm like, hey, I have a contract. Right. <laughs> I leave it there. And he, do with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he goes, uh, we take off and he goes, hey, like, what's your guys' EMD? You didn't even fill that out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, it's a hundred bucks. And he's like, okay. So... <laughs> I send my buddy because he started the shift like an hour after me because we were both bartenders. Right. Um, and uh, I send him to escrow. He gives him the hundred bucks. No joke. And then he's like, hey, man, like you owe me 50 bucks. I was like, dude, I'll get you when we close. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then some. So um, he was like, OK. So I didn't even put the 50 bucks in. I borrowed my first 50. It's right. Like my like claim to fame. From there, I'm like, we're sitting there. We're bartending. I'm like, hey, so like, where are we going to get that money? He's like, oh, it's me tomorrow morning. We'll go over it. He's like, cool. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Shit. That'll work. <laughs> so the next morning we meet and he's like, all right, so these are hard money lenders. This is this. And I like go through it. And I'm like, dude, none of this is going to work. Like we need like 30% more right. plus our monthly payments. Right. And he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, dude, this is a killer deal. Like mm. this is a killer deal. Like, let me figure it out. So I go back to my old clients list and I start oh, calling and uh, the third person I called my company's Thomas Strafford mm -hmm. is Strafford. Okay. Call him. He says, meet me at 6am tomorrow. We can go over the deal. Meet him at 6am, go over. He gives us a whole checklist of stuff. He's like, meet me again the next day at 6am. We can go over it again. Next day, go back, go over everything. He goes, I'm fine doing this, but I don't want to do one investment. I want to do every investment with you guys. And um, let's just all be partners, a third, a third, a third. And I'll come in with the capital needed here and help you get the loan. So that's yeah. how the whole thing started. So he actually funded all that capital. We did that over the course of three years. Me and him went out on our own. The other one went back to his family's business. So he's in his family's business now. Right. But... I didn't use a dollar of my own money. I think for probably the first 25 or 30 deals, I That's like, amazing. I had it all leveraged through other means. Yeah. Um, and yeah, got to that. Now I put money into deals cause it makes sense now because right. I'm trying to like maintain as much equity as possible. Sure. Sure. So, but upfront, not a penny. So you, so essentially too, you got that experience on someone else's dime too, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, there's value to that as well. Yeah. And we made, I think $75,000 on that first deal. And we made about $40,000 in mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like looking back on it, I could have done it in like two weeks. Right. And done it for a third of the cost. Right. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, we went all the way until it was like the day of escrow was supposed yeah. to close. We went for sale by owner. I hadn't requested a contingency release. I had, and they just were like, oh yeah, we can't close and cancel. You're like what? Oh. And it was the day we were supposed to close today. So we went back on market. Oh shit! Yeah. So, and I was able to get 5,000 more out of the property by then. Uh -huh. So I wasn't too upset, but it was, it was crazy. I still remember because I was down to when we closed it. Finally, I had $17 uh -huh. of credit left. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like uh, yeah, not um, even money. Just that's efficient. Just correct. That's efficient. You like took it to the last. Oh, line. Yeah. You're on the warning track. 
Yeah. So good. And I had, and at that point I had three houses. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a little hectic. You, and were you still like in the beginning reworking while you were investing? I was working for, the whole time. Right. I worked for the first three years. Okay. Full time. Right. So working and, was, and then yeah. doing this on the side. Yeah. I was bartending all night. So I'd go in at like four 30, be there until about one. And then I would start at eight o'clock mm -hmm. and go up until I had to work. And, you know, I had two days off a week and I just worked uh, it during then just did it and tried to get his head started making money and didn't pull any money out of the business. Right. So that was like a big focus of mine was like how to not get money out of the business. Right. And then my partner got to the point where he was like, you need to start taking money out of the business and just be in the business. Right. Right. And that's when we made the switch. There ended your bartending career. Yeah. Ah, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the, the worst fun job ever. <laughs> uh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's like definitely something to be said for that. For sure. But you learn a lot from that too. Just talking to people. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. And bartending is a phenomenal job. As long as you don't get stuck, like there's, not doing something with it. Like if you're doing that, cause there's a lot of money. I mean, out here, especially there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. If you're doing something with some of that money, it's dude, it's just phenomenal opportunity. Oh yeah. No, it's a, uh, you can definitely get stuck in the trap because mm -hmm. it's like enough money that it's, it's, it, there's no entry level job that's yeah. going to replace it. So yeah. you have to find a way to do, I mean, essentially you have to kind of do what I did mm -hmm. or something similar yeah. because you, you're not going to go into a nine to five and make, make the, same, the money. same money. No, you're just not going to do it. Not at all. I have seen a lot of friends kind of reach that pinnacle though. And they, because they didn't shift into something else because when it's gone, it's gone. Yep. That's the only, the, the bad thing, but you cannot be, especially in places like Sandy, I'm guessing any tourist place, but man, you can make so much money. And if you're using that money towards something, it's, it's, man, it's just nothing beats it. You get the best of both worlds for yep. sure. Can you tell me a little of the progression from starting out as you're, you know, basically flipping your own properties or, you know, with a partner to now like you're full on, to, you know, doing some pretty innovative and developing sites and uh, kind of long-term plans. So it's multifaceted uh, plans for these developments and stuff. So uh, can you share like uh, an idea or two or one of the, an example of those, like either the one that I've seen, or if you have another even cooler example. Yeah. So I'll share one of our first ones, which cool. I, I think was a real eye opener uh, for two reasons. One, we raised capital mm -hmm. um, and we went not in debt. Right. We did equity um, and it was in Pacific Beach and I bought a property over there on Riviera, uh -huh. um, Great Street, right. um, and did a small lot subdivision when it was, they had announced that they were going to allow small lot subdivisions. And I was with my partner, I was like, I think this is a great way for us to like really maximize value. How long ago so is this? This was one? three and a half years ago. Okay. And if anybody that doesn't know where Riviera is, that's like right over by the bay and it's just a great location, kind of best of both worlds in a way, really, with yeah. the kind of crown point into PB. So yeah, yeah very, yeah. very popular spot. Super popular, great location. And uh, we picked up a place for, I think we bought it for 825. It sold at 805. There was a uh, wholesaler in between. Mm -hmm. So, which was great because it had been listed for 950. Oh, wow. And they got it under contract and they called me through networking and they're like, hey, 825, you take this. I looked at it and I was like, I'll put three houses here. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. 
that was my second venture into becoming a landlord, which has become a much bigger thing since then. Right. Um, I had a big place to rent because it was a four bedroom, mm -hmm. two bath and PV. Mm -hmm. So we were renting it, I think, for like 4,300. Right. And it was like falling apart. Right. But it was on Riviera. Right. So rented it up, did all the plans, took it through city council, uh, went ahead, put it on the market and we sold it for 1.5375. Yeah. Without ever lifting a hammer. Yeah. So we just Same. did all the consulting work on mm -hmm. it, got the permit through the discretionary approval, and then just basically sold the paper. Right. Which is a completely different game. Right. Really good deal for us. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It is. But also, I'm sure good deal for whoever purchased from you as well, because mm -hmm. that's the thing, like you're saying, the experience and the knowledge, that's what you guys just won out on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they, they got the property knowing that they could build it. Right. And then they just went in and built it. So right. they built three single family homes, which was a big thing for us. So uh -huh. they weren't condos. They weren't cloud condos. They weren't mm -hmm. townhomes. They were single family homes using this new ordinance. We were the second group ever to have one approved. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were supposed to be the first, but we didn't get approved on our first time through. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, that was done. And that was a, that was my first real venture into that. Okay. Since then, I've raised money for the Tenplex mm -hmm. that you came out to. Mm -hmm. So that was a uh, really cool project. By yeah. The way. So this is a, we bought a lot, two houses, uh -huh. and then assembled them. So we made them one big lot. And then we put down 10 cottages on there um, using a pre manufactured product. And this is because one, we learned how to, negotiate that system, what flies, what doesn't fly, mm -hmm. what state permits supersede any city permits, right. and basically reduced our build cost to a level where you can't build that pound for pound mm -hmm. in that neighborhood and have it make sense. But if I can reduce build cost by 45, 50% right. and give a, I'm going to say a 5% less quality product but really in my opinion after going through it i think it's very similar if yeah, not better too. yeah because they, they show so well yeah they show a hundred times better than i thought they would show right. i'm very happy about right. that but when we were able to do that mm -hmm. it just this light switch went on i mean we have 36 more right like in permits right now so and we're just trying to really go off of those and then i'm known around town essentially as like the high density developer right. so i do the 100 percent bonuses in the transit areas right so i have two templexes going on right now single family homes tore them down uh -huh. i'm putting on 10 units on that lot right and um really playing off of tax credits, all sorts of other strategies that mm -hmm. as you learn, like, okay, I can, I can, that house that was torn down. Right. I learned how to build a house. Right. Then I learned how to cut costs there, did it a few more times. Right. Then I learned how to like find the appropriate lot, do that a few more times. Now I've learned those skills. So it's like, wait, are there tax credits? Are there bonuses for density? Are there areas the city will like fast track my permit? Right. So now I'm, I'm just trying to get, you know, one or 2% better each time. Mm -hmm. But then by the time it's done, when you're raising capital and you're comparing yourself to another investment, somebody might be able to say in their head and you can show them why Yeah, we're 20, 25% better right. than what you're looking at because we're doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's, it, that's just the, 
like you said, hindsight. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd bought this back then. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm glad I bought it there. I'm glad I've learned. And now I'm like moving forward. Yeah. Cause you couldn't be doing this without the experiences you had before. Exactly. You know, and, and, and another piece that really kind of struck me when you're just talking about that too, is how those little things add up. Like you said, a 2% better on this, a two, but when you start taking a tax credit, uh, any kind of grant, any kind of like 2%, 3%, 1% better, that adds up at scale oh, and, yeah. that, and that's substantial money, you know, and, and like you said too, it's also easier to raise the money, but it's also just more money in the pocket at the end, if you can get that subsidized in other ways. Exactly. And could you, like something that I've seen, and I, I understand the basics of it, there's something I've seen while looking with uh, properties for a lot of, uh, like, especially our military clients right now, a lot of people are looking for places like, cool, where can I put some sweat equity in and, and be kind of ahead of like the, the move to certain areas. Some of those areas now are, are where they the opportunity zones, right? And this is definitely a tax benefit there. Could you, could you maybe uh, give a little explanation of that? Yeah. Yeah. No opportunity zones. Awesome. Yeah. Just huge opportunity. So eight, thousand i'm going to say 377 census districts across the united states Mm -hmm. so i don't care where you're listening to this from they're in your area right like they're there right and what it means is at this point so we've cleared one hurdle Mm -hmm. so we're in our second hurdle right now so i'm not going to explain the first hurdle you get after six years currently of holding it Mm -hmm. you will get a 10 percent reduction in your capital gains and you've deferred that capital gains all the way up until then. So right. real simple numbers, $10,000 capital gain. You don't pay any taxes on that for the next six years. And then when you go to pay taxes on it, they're going to say, you know what? That $1,000 that's yours, only pay us on nine. Right. So already a winner. Right. But then after you go through the process and you get to year 10, you've paid those taxes at year six. Mm-hmm. You're now year 10, four years later, San Diego, let's say it's appreciated 10 years, 25 to 50%. I mean, it's it's, going to be a big appreciation. You don't pay any federal taxes on that game. That's insane. No federal taxes. So I'm taking a lot of clients that are 1031ing. Yeah. And here's like the power play is like 1031, you take your, basically your nut, like your, mm-hmm. your equity in, and then like the gain. Um, and you have to move the whole thing over. When you come with us in a qualified opportunity zone deal, take the gain, just give us the gain. Yeah. That nut, that equity that you already had, that's yeah. yours right now. You don't have to move it forward. That's yours. You get to keep that. That's so amazing. And now in 10 years, like you would have been looking for another investment. How about in 10 years, you only pay taxes on zero of that. Right. (laughs) Seriously. It's, it's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Like it's a no brainer and it's really powerful. And the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle I've run into, and it's, it's a really easy objection is okay. But in six years, I'm going to have to pay taxes on this. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, at some point you're going to have to pay taxes on the hundred percent, why don't you pay in six years on 90%? And then in almost every investment, I think every investment I have out right now for syndication, Mm -hmm. we get them their money back prior to year six. So they still hold their equity, right? but they have their money back. So that money's back to them. Right. They can pay their taxes on it. 
It's crazy. So obviously, you know, my like attorney disclaimer, like you don't know for sure that it's going to happen. Right, all those things, right. but That's the plan. Mm-hmm. To me, it, it is the, the, it's part of the jobs act. Yeah. It was, it, it's crazy. There's areas in North park that are part of this. There's areas in Golden that. Hill. I couldn't believe those. Yeah. It's there's areas. If you know, um, Tempe in Arizona, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's areas all around the college. If you are out in Arizona that are zoned qualified opportunity zone, pick them up. Yeah. You have to develop them to a degree. So right. whatever the existing, not assessed land value, but the assessed improvement value is you have to double, you have to spend that improvement value uh-huh. into the property over the first 30 months. Right. It's very easy on a lot of these properties. Yeah. If you have a small house that has a $115,000, let's say in mm-hmm. Tempe, Arizona, unit on the front, mm-hmm. add two more units to it. Right. Make it a triplex. Right. You're going to spend 150000 out there. Now, now you get your money back without taxes. Yeah. And I mean, in your you're in Tempe, Arizona, make those four bedroom, three baths and rent them all day to college kids yeah. and make a killing. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that's insane though. Yeah. It's insane. And for anybody that doesn't know, like North park or golden Hill, those are very like actually very popular areas here already, which is kind of the crazy part where you can get a piece of property in one of those areas that are, and, and add and basically get paid to better your property and make mm-hmm. more money. Oh yeah. That's yeah, because by the time you take what you are going to pay in taxes mm-hmm. and you add it into the investment, let's just say like a 10-year hold, like a 16 to an 18% IRR is like very like, that's very standard by right. the time you do that hold. Right. If you don't pay taxes on it, you jump to like a 30. Yeah. You can't find 30s. If people are selling 30s, like you're not getting your money back. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. That's that's For what sure. we say. If, it, if the number, if it starts ticking into the 20 percentile, mm-hmm. like you're probably running into a problem. Like right. something's too good to be true. Right. I mean, it just, I feel like anything you're getting a tax break on now, like, I mean, like taxes, that's where so much of our money goes. So oh, yeah. if they're going to like offset that in any way, mm-hmm. that's just... I mean, clearly you're providing a service and that's what some people I think don't recognize. And that's why there's so many, uh, you know, our tax laws aren't written to charge us taxes. Like we get charged taxes, period. And then tax laws are giving you the ways like, hey, we can reduce your taxes if you do this. So they're basically giving you the roadmap of, hey, the government's not good at doing this or we can't fully do this. So if you do some of it for us, we'll incentivize you. Yeah. You know, and that's basically what this is. And this plan is to make old neighborhoods nicer they i don't want to people say the g word gentrification right i don't want to say that well but it is that like i mean i believe in gentrification to a degree because like let's face it i go into some houses that like you shouldn't be living in there like this house before we turn it tore it down in logan heights yeah it was not habitable. Right. It, it wasn't. It didn't right. make any sense. And fortunately for the owner, they had a house that wasn't habitable that sold for almost a half a million dollars because of where it landed. So like you got an, and this is a big, if people are agents or people are, you know, looking on that side of the coin, right. like know what it's worth and know like, Hey, I'm going to call like the Andrew Greer in your market. Right. And have that conversation because I paid more than any flipper could have paid. Right. And it still worked. Right. And I was happy. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, seriously. Yeah. So it's super important. And I think that's important to note too. Like you said, you paid more than uh, any of the others would, but you still made a lot of money. You yeah. know what I mean? And sometimes it's not, again, back to, you don't have to hit like that 100% mark of the top of the market, the lowest part of the market or whatever yep. to do well. And I think when you, uh, like you're saying too, like the experience you have now and the amount of jobs you've done, that all builds on itself. And I, I would rather have like uh, a lot of people, you know, in the real estate, like, as you know, everyone's like, get into luxury, get into luxury because the prices are so crazy high here. It's like, oh, wouldn't you rather have this big check? Cool. That those are fun. Like when you get those, those are fun, but that's not my bread and butter. I like mine, you know, mostly military stuff. So we're like 500 to 750. That's like our, our bread and butter. But if I can do three of those and I actually enjoy the people that I'm working around, you know, not that I wouldn't in the yeah. other field, but if I'm enjoying the clients you're working on, you do three of those for every one, you're still making more, you know, granted. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit more work, but if you're enjoying it, it doesn't matter. So it's, if you're enjoying what you do, yeah. that, you can't just cash, cash checks. Right. You need to cash. Like I feel good about what I'm doing every yeah. day. Checks and experiences. I'm big on experiences. Right. I'm not a big, uh, like I'll, I'll wear an Apple watch or something uh -huh. very basic until yeah. the day I'm dead. I'm not, right. you're not going to see me with like a crazy, <laughs> like, you know, I don't even know the watch brands, but whatever right. the cool watch brand right, is right. right now. If I had like a really nice sports car, mm -hmm. you're not going to see it. Like I'm not going to be driving it in flash and I'll take it to the track. Right. And I mean, I haven't, I have a fairly nice car, but like it's very conservative. I try yeah. to be conservative right. and all of that stuff. Cause I like experiences mm -hmm. and I like working with people. I enjoy working with. Absolutely. Like, this is the kind of stuff I love doing right. stuff like this. Like we sat around for 30 minutes before we went on, right. Chatted about business, exchanged good ideas. Right. And then that's what I like. You know, you yeah. gotta, you gotta go after that building the relationships. Absolutely. Because uh, that's, I mean, your work life is still your life and that's like a big part of it. So if you're not enjoying the people or the things you're doing, it's kind of not worth doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or, or at least not for long. Like I get it. Sometimes you got to put yeah. in, you got to put in a little bit of work to oh, get yeah. where you want to go. Like not saying that, but, but you know, when you do start having those options, if you're not enjoying it, uh, it's kind of, it's going to wear on you. You know, it's going to take a lot out of you. A hundred percent. And, and some people like for, uh, also for people to know, like a Andrew and I, like we're not on the same team. We don't work for the same companies. We don't work for the same brokers, any stuff like that. But it's amazing. Um, the, the uh, so, so many amazing people in San Diego in our business, like there, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad, a lot of bad. Yeah. There's so many amazing, if you focus on the amazing ones, like where people will come share stuff like this, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Share stuff, share ideas, uh, work together. Uh, it's really a very, it, it, there is the negative side and we all see that plenty, but for on the positive side, man, there's some really cool people with some really good ideas and that share things. And, uh, I feel very fortunate, you know what I mean? To, to be able to work with some of those people and, uh, actually enjoy stuff like this. I mean, we're working yeah. technically we're working, yeah. but we're drinking <laughs> Blanton's and, you know, trying to share some information. So it could be worse. Right. Well, yeah. And it's the biggest thing on the sharing that I've found. Mm -hmm. So I'm an open book, mm -hmm. very open book. Right. And I run networking events where I invite everyone out right. and I want to meet everyone. So that property that you saw mm -hmm. that came to me because I told enough people about what my investment strategy was, right. told them how they could find it, what it looks like. And right. like, if you see it, call me and let me pay you commission. Right. Mm -hmm. So that came up, called me, 
paid him a commission, bought the property. Right. It was over. Mm-hmm. And it was all because I was an open book on it. Yeah. And that's the one in uh, Pacific Beach. Uh-huh. Wholesaler knew what I liked. I would answer my phone anytime they called and they were trying to do deals. Mm-hmm. And I would help them along with their process. I connected them to other buyers and sellers right. and other stuff. Then that deal comes along and I'm the first guy that gets called. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the same thing is going to happen between me and you. If mm-hmm. I have a military guy that comes mm-hmm. across that needs some help and needs to be hooked up, I'm right. going to definitely be reaching out to you. Right. You come across an investment and you're like, oh, this might, this isn't, this is a big lot here. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I know somebody yeah. who might. Yeah. And, then yeah. it's, and it becomes for me too, like a big thing with agents when mm-hmm. I work with them and they're like, you can take your commission or you can invest your commission. Right. And I don't steer them either way. I'm like, it, it is, it's your choice. It's such a good, it's such deal. a good idea. Such, Not very many do it. Oh my God. <laughs> so I've had a few and it's right. worked out incredibly well for them. Right. But it's, I always leave that out there mm-hmm. and I don't make that like a deciding factor. Right. But it's a, you can do this. You you're you're, you're going to get the option. Mm-hmm. And some people love that because they get to come play in a game where, you know, my minimum might be 250,000 on that deal. Right. Or it could be as low as 25,000, right. but you might sneak into a $250,000 deal. Next thing you know, when we're sending out the emails and the updates, like you're connected to a whole new group of people. Right. That's, and, and that's huge. And that's and that was always where I was trying mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. I was always trying to be in that room where I was the dumbest guy. Oh, yeah. I, so, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I I'm found really a, good at that. I'm, I'm quite dumb. I found, <laughs> like, too many people, like uh, a lot of people will agree. They'll say, yeah, yeah. No, no, Jay's is good at that. That's his, his strength. It's his, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, seriously, I, I, I got to say too, it, it, it's a value you're providing as well because the, the, the place that I saw, you know, that project, it's definitely the nicest thing in that neighborhood. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it's like, and it's, and it's not a bad neighborhood. It's like just that now this is crisp, clean, uh, San Diego in itself, you know, so much of our property is older, right? Oh, it doesn't yeah. make it less quality, but it does mean it requires work and it's updating and stuff for people to be, you know, really comfortable or, or especially younger people moving in now their first homes, they want something clean and whatever. And you you're providing brand new housing, you know, super modern, just good, clean, awesome housing into an area that, you know, right now is like a lot, a lot of older properties and stuff. And that just kind of, I think that's infectious as well, because I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen too, it seems like when you get a good start in any neighborhood, it just rolls, you yeah. know, as far as people doing better things or like when people do go like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Let's go ahead and make this a newer property or let's like legitly renovate this as opposed to like, you know, some paint and get somebody in there. Yeah. So that was interestingly enough, the oldest city in San Diego. Wow. And uh, just to put it in perspective, Mm -hmm. when they founded national city, they were building the Eiffel tower. No way. Yeah. yeah, That's a crazy perspective. (laughs) (laughs) So the next year, I believe, so 89, so 1888, Uh and then 1889, San Diego actually became San Diego. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Did not know that. Did you know that before or did you know that when- No, I've spent a lot of time with the uh, 
city know. council and doing stuff down there. Mm-hmm. I've been told that story by all of them. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, right. So, <laughs> you're messing with history. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, don't screw it up. No well, it's more of like, we have a deep rooted tradition. And I will say there is a very mm-hmm. big tradition in that town. And uh-huh. we've learned that the hard way on one, but we've learned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, re- I really appreciate that city. Yeah. I think it's an amazing part of San Diego. Yeah. And it's like a tricky spot where like, had you ever really been in the city and been around until you came out there? I have. Yeah. Okay. A few times. Yeah. Um, but not a lot. You just don't realize where it's at. No. People think it's so far away. No. And it's, I'm like, no, it's right here. It's like the most, right one of the most central Diego. places. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So That's, that was what's crazy with me too, especially, you know, talking about like the reason I'd been there before is looking around for military clients because you're so close to 32nd street to, to Coronado bridge, you know, to get to work, you're, you're minutes away. And oh, yeah. it's just like totally people drive by and don't mm-hmm. right. I guilty too. Until like, I literally had not been there until I'd been in, I was here at the military. I've been here for like 20 years and probably until two years ago, I just hadn't been there. Yeah. I hadn't been there. Or if I did drive by, I didn't know. You know, you if I drove through it, I didn't know where I was. I always thought it was like part of San Diego. Yeah. Like I thought national city started after, um, the freeway right there. Right. Like yeah. where he's actually Chula Vista. Yeah. You're thinking, Oh, there's Bonita national yeah. city. It's just yeah. another, uh, yeah. yeah. I did too. Honestly, I did too. Until like I started looking at a couple things there and that's like in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So bad on me, but live and learn. One, so one more thing, you kind of touched on it too, about opportunities and different things that to get into from, you know, quarter million dollars down to like $25,000, because I think that that's a, a cool thing to touch on because a lot of people looking to get an invest in real estate and stuff, um, maybe don't always have enough or the credit or whatever to throw a hundred thousand to get into a property with, you know, a, at a good rate. And, um, or don't, don't have the know-how and want to start with something. I think some of these are great opportunities for people like, like you're saying, like, Hey, put $25,000 into something. You're still invested in real estate. You can still learn a few things here and there. And you're getting connected through exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you're basically the- getting connected to people that have been doing this forever and at a higher level. That, and uh, I think that's an, a, another phenomenal way to get your feet wet. Yeah. I mean, stepping into deals where you can come in with not the full amount is obviously an incredibly powerful thing. Right. Learning about it, you know, when you invest, you want to work with a team that's going to, you know, do updates, kind of not, not teach you the process, but you're going to learn from So we're at this point in the process, we're here in the process, we're renting of the property. Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. This is what our costs are. This is what it, so you can start taking those notes and right. learning it right. while somebody else who's, you know, the operator is right. doing it. I think too, though, one thing that definitely can't be glanced over, my assumption is you'll have a lot of uh, military listeners. Mm-hmm. If you have a VA loan, you have a tool that most of the population doesn't have mm-hmm. and you need to like get dialed in with that tool and work with the best possible lenders mm-hmm. and realtors to really maximize it. I've yeah. seen in San Diego, yeah. you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody in the Navy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I've seen all of my Navy friends yeah. max. Well, not all of them. I've seen a decent amount of them maximize right. it and other guys just really escalate it. Just like where we're sitting right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is a perfect example of yeah. a VA home run. Right. You crushed it here. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. It worked, yeah, out. It worked, out. It worked out. But it was a, 
took the risk, uh-huh. chose a good area, mm-hmm. made an investment, and then you just started learning the process. Right. And then you got into it, and all of a sudden, holy cow, I got more opportunity here right. because I got myself into the game. You can't win unless you're playing. Yeah. No, no, it's 100%. And I think that's, that is the biggest thing, man. Like, just get in the game, mm-hmm. you know, and, and San Diego, like, I know I was the same way. You know, I came from Virginia, you know, originally. So I came out here and you get sticker shot. You're like, it costs what to get a condo? Yeah. <laughs> a condo? Like, you know, and, um, but you, once you get into it, like, I've already, I've already basically taken all my, I, I've recouped all of my, actually, I shouldn't even say that because I didn't put any money into this. I don't even know how you like quantify that because I didn't put any down payment. I didn't do anything because this is a VA loan. Both of these were. So I was going to say, I've already recouped the amount of the initial purchase, but I've recouped that amount without putting anything into it. That's what's phenomenal. And, and then I he- still, and then you HELOC the renovation. Mm-hmm. So you've really never put a dollar in. No, I HELOC the renovation. And then when I cash out refi, so I was making rental profit. <gasps> And then I cash out refi and I pulled substantial, like enough to where I'm getting that, the new construction that, you know, about like, so I'll close on that and I will still have substantial amount left to invest in something else. Um, we should just do the math based on $1 just to show oh what the cash on yeah. cash is. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to do it. Like, let's just say if, it, if I bought these for $500 and then, you know, like a $130 HELOC, let's just say, um, and while the whole time I was paying, like it was being paid it's for by you've made, you've made money the whole time. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's being it's, rented. Yeah. It's even better than that. It's yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, closing costs. I probably had to come out of pocket like four grand to close the house, right? Cash to close. I don't even remember. I should look and see if I had credits for that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah. So like you take that, but then yeah, the HELOC I took and it once equity had built in it, I took the HELOC and renovated both houses and then the rents went way up and then Airbnb came along as well. So that, so in eight years now, the properties themselves have more than doubled in value while I've cashed out personally, like taking cash out a quarter of that amount. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Like it's insane. And, and that, so now my rent from these two are going to pay for these two and a new construction house that I'm getting. So I've still like, essentially that's going to take, I will still have none of my own personal money because the down payment from that's coming out of my refi. So I still will have none of my personal money in three properties plus whatever else I invest the rest of it in. And it's in the scheme of things, it's eight years. Yeah. That's nothing. And it's paid for itself bought another property, paying for that property yeah. and paying for itself. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically working another job without doing anything. Yeah. It's your, your money is working. Right. And in this case, phenomenal. your money wasn't even working because it was a VA. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. It was your, your work in the military was working for you. Yeah. And it, that's, and I mean, just to point out one thing, I tried to buy houses on each side of this. It oh, was yeah. unsuccessful. <laughs> That's it. We were, when uh, Andrew first got here today, he was like, oh, we were talking and uh, he had like looked at homes on both sides of the properties that, that are here. It's pretty, uh, pretty funny, like small world for sure. Mm-hmm. 
but it, but it is, there's so many opportunities to do these things, you know, and that's what I want to share those, those things, because it's not that difficult. Like, again, going back to like, I'm, I'm, I'm easily the dumbest guy in the room in most places. So for me to be able to pull this off, that's pretty much anybody can do it for sure. And kind of, uh, you know, then the other caveat now is there's no limit to the VA loan. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So now <laughs> I still have like, cause I didn't cash out everything from these either, you know, so I still have probably 20 something percent. So once this closes, I'll most likely refi out of these, my VA and put it into a conventional because the lit rates are so low. Yeah. And now I have a VA loan that I can go with no money, buy up to four property, you know, a fourplex for no money yeah. down. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's, like, it's, it's insane. Like, in just a, a little bit of time, mm-hmm. a little bit of energy. And like, truthfully, like, it's fun. It is kind of fun. It's fun renovating a property when you set it up and you get mm-hmm. to do it and you get to go through it. I mean, I I've done, I'm going to guess over a hundred flips. Oh my like God. Going into this. So uh, and, that, that gives me anxiety right there when you yeah. say a hundred flips. I'm like, man, that's tough enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it's different when like, that's all I was doing mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. that point. So, and one of the reasons I stopped is probably because the anxiety on that. We started doing more long-term <laughs> projects, but uh, I, I loved it. It was mm-hmm. always fun to like take my wife or she was my fiance mm-hmm. for a big portion of that to a place that was really scary. Yeah. And then take her back and she's like, oh, Turn why didn't we something. buy this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. Perfect. Right. <laughs> like, now, now you understand. Yeah. And you get to create a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, that's pretty awesome too, but yeah. it is fun. And you know, what's what's fun as well. Like when you start realizing that you can give someone a quality place to live and instead of on the first of the month, you're writing a rent check, you're receiving rent checks. There's nothing better than receiving oh, yeah. rent checks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like, I had a great thank day you. today. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for living in my house. That's great. Yeah. We, uh, it was the first today and everyone paid and that was fantastic mm-hmm. mid COVID. Uh, not everyone. I have one that's paid, but behind, but paying. Right. Right. Doing, doing what they can. Yeah. Right. So, and it's, uh, you know, that's always nice. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to just the perspective of what happens over a little bit of time. Yeah. And then just seeing like, holy cow, I have this much in rent coming in every month. Yeah. And you realize it was like, oh, it was a lot of small steps that Mm -hmm. got here. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, you know, that journey of, you know, what is it? 10,000 miles starts with the first step. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like we're like at five, 500 miles. Yeah. It starts <laughs> but, with the first dollar. Yeah, right? exactly. But it, it, it does too. And then people like break it down and start lo- and really pay attention to it of like, Hey, if you buy a place and you start renting out right away and you didn't put a lot down, if you're getting $50 a month, like off the bat, like, Oh, I'm only making $50. Like, no, you're not only making $50. Dude. Someone's paying your, you know, the amortization, they're paying your loan yeah. down. You got they're paying 50 your taxes. Pay down. They're paying your interest. So then it's like, Oh, I got a great rate. Great. That means you've got more money in your pocket. Cause you're not even paying your rate. Mm-hmm. Someone else is paying all that. And you're, you're getting the equity plus that little money. And then the tax write-offs yep. of the investment property. Like it's not $50. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge difference for $50. You know? And it's an even bigger Delta if you're licensed. Yeah. So for people, you know, it's a professional there, yep, you mm-hmm. get an even bigger write-off you know, if you're even going to dabble, right. It's worth just getting the license and doing it. 
being a professional and yep. writing it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> phenomenal. That, I, I, that was my, uh, a big lesson for me year one retiring from the Navy was, uh, all of a sudden I was a California cause I had lived in Washington state before. So I was still a Washington resident. So, um, oh, no. cause you know, being oh, no. stationed here, I can still be a Washington <laughs> state resident, right? Yeah. No taxes, um, state taxes. And then as soon as I was retired, I'm like, what is this thing? Oh no, state taxes. That's, that's insane. So I started really working hard to get smart on taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to be totally honest, that was like, that's like increasing your income right there. Oh yeah. Like when you start like going, wait, how do I maximize my dollars and, you know, minimize my taxes? That's, you're just increasing your income. Oh yeah. yeah. It, 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 exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I don't want to like take up your whole day. Um, and we've got to finish our, our bourbon. But uh, more importantly, but but seriously, I do appreciate you coming in and kind of sharing some of this great info. And like, it, it's a great learning experience for me. And hopefully it kind of uh, start, you know, kind of stokes fire and some other people that are listening to that. There are so many options out there to get started, oh, yeah. um, you know, and like, like, I love that idea of like, cool, you can put 25, 30, 50,000 or whatever into something and start being involved in that stuff too. So hopefully I'll have the opportunity to start doing that because I have not done that. That's why when I met you, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I, <laughs> I know of it, but I knew nothing about it. You know, it's not even something I'd, I'd It's kind of like something you hear into. talked about mm-hmm. that you don't see. Yeah. That's like one of the biggest things I've seen with it. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And it's like when you see, but then when you see it and you get excited because you see like what a cool project like that that one that I saw was, and I'm like, that, this is cool. When you see that physical presence of it, you're like, this is pretty freaking cool. And I, I want to be involved in stuff like this. Super you know? cool seeing stuff come out of the ground. It is. I think it's so cool. That's <laughs> yeah, very cool, man. It was like, kind of definitely gave me a little motivation to, to dive into that. And so thanks for sharing that. And, um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, is there a best, best way to do so? Yeah, there's, I mean, the easiest that I say that's like right off the bat for people that's on their phone is Instagram, like right. the DMS. Um, you can get me at realty entrepreneur. That's my handle. If you want to learn about the funds or how to invest monarch.fund is uh, one of our pages. Okay. And then you can always email me at Andrew at Thomas dash Stratford dot com and uh, i think we'll have that in the notes somewhere yeah it's kind of a hard absolutely. one um, but you can reach me on any of those i talk to a ton of people on instagram you'd be shocked how many people i talk with on instagram i've raised money on instagram just from the oh, dms nice. yeah it's uh, like decent amount of money like right. it's uh because i'll post projects there and people will ask questions then say they want to sit down and actually chat about it and right. it turns into something and then yeah so that's a those are the easiest ways to reach out for out to me no, that's awesome. And then if, if you miss any of those, um, there should be like, it'll be under in the notes with this, but if you miss any of those, reach out to us as well. And we'll just put you in contact. We'll send you the contact info. Definitely a lot of cool things to learn and a lot of good opportunities. So I'm excited to see what some of the next ones are. Yeah. We're, we're always working on them. Awesome, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having me. 